Greetings, mother... No, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, Ray told me to start the show that way, but I, I, I caught myself. They're just... Just a little nick of time. Off, <laughs> Apparently now, did you know that if you, you can swear in YouTube videos, but if you swear in the first seven seconds, your video automatically gets demonetized? Ah, oh, shh. <laughs> I think we're safe, though. I think okay. we're outside of seven seconds. For anyway. that video, though, right? What's that? Like, like if someone accidentally did that, let's say, then you would just have to just stop it and then just restart another video, right? Is that technically well, no, what But if you're live, it's too late. Yeah, if it's live, it's too late. Yeah, yeah but then you'll just be like... Hey, we're not live anymore. We're Just joking, you two. the video. All right, let's go. Have to do it up again. Good to have you guys here. Welcome to the show where we discuss profanity and when you can do it, the appropriate times, spacing it out, all that kind of stuff. Oh, we'll talk about some movies and movie news, too. Good to have you guys here. Open mic is a little bit of a more casual, laid-back approach, if you will, to the stuff with the normal. And the most important thing on open mic is the mic is open. The floor is yours. This show is here to take your topics and questions. We're going to talk about the things you guys want to talk about. Can I start with something real quick? I said they're what they want to talk about. Really. I want to talk about something real quick. This okay. is Open so Ray. I've, I've had Boulders. <laughs> Welcome to I've open had Ray. Boulders Gate 3, right? I bought it yesterday i think and i've tried to play it yesterday i couldn't get it to start today i finally figured out how to do it and then it says patch being applied you'll be able to play in a few hours so oh i didn't realize I and the only time i could actually play it is on my lunch break here because i don't go home and have a pc that i i could run that thing you on. have a mac at home though, oh right? yeah oh yeah oh yeah 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 i you can, can run do that, that there through uh through geforce now just go ahead and play it that way but there's nothing better than Playing a video game at work, though. Just, just, <laughs> no, 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 no. Something about your boss that. Just say, no, you but say that when I'm not in the room. It's my lunch break, though. Like, I could do <laughs> that, whatever I want. That's I can true. fill myself yes. up with both. I mean, speakers. I play with Legos. Yeah, so. so. There you go. It's all good on lunch break. All right. What were we talking Oh, yeah, we're supposed to be talking about what the audience wants to yeah, talk we about we're here. introing. So in the spirit <laughs> of wanting to talk about what you want to talk about, there are two ways to get a topic or question here on the show. The first way is if you're not watching live, you know, any of the 23 hours of the day when we're not streaming live, just send in a topic or question anytime, 24-7, at our tip link at streamelements.com slash johncampia slash tip. If you are watching live, you can simply use the Super Chat... Pardon me, I'm drinking Diet Pepsi. The Super Chat feature... <laughs> Uh, there in the good? live chat uh, and send in a question that way and uh, if your comment topic or question is appropriate to be used on the show we will address it here on the show now before we get going into that i, I want to talk about this you know we we discussed blue beetle earlier today in the john campia show uh rob finally showed up yeah. <laughs> it was good to have rob on the show this morning nice. um but you know we were talking about the full reviews for blue beetle have come out now and they are the second highest DC reviews, uh, second only to James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Uh, the biggest critic, the, at the time it was sitting at 87%. Check it out. It could have fallen down to like 75% by now. I'm not Even really sure. Even that, that's still good to me. I mean, it would still be the second best that they've had in the last five years. So Blue Beetle is at, oh no. What? It went to 81%, but that's a big drop. Okay, so other. it's still at 80. How many reviews now? 73. Okay, so 73. So they added a that's ton more good. reviews. So. so it's still over 80%, still the second biggest, only second to James Gunn's Suicide Squad. But it brought up the question about whether or not we believe it can still make money. Now, I, I am unfortunately, even though I'm excited to see this movie, we're seeing it tomorrow. I, I think it looks charming, <clears throat> but I also believe the thing is going to tank. Because once again, let's bring this up again. 
to remind everybody that going back to 2018, these are all the DCEU films that have come out and what they've made at the box office. At the top of that list is Black Adam in 2022 that with Dwayne The Rock Johnson still couldn't crack $400 million, $393 million. You see a bunch of others there. Shazam in 2019. Uh, the Flash, just huge bomb at 268. Birds of Prey, 205. Wonder Woman, 84, 169. Suicide Squad, 168. Of course, the Suicide Squad one, it was released day and date on HBO Max and on theaters at the same time. Wonder Woman was in the midst of pandemic, yes. And then Shazam, Fear of the Gods, which just came out recently and ultra flat, flopped at just $133 million. Okay, so my concern has been Look, the audience has clearly given up on the DCEU. They haven't given up on DC, hence Joker making a billion dollars and Robert Pattinson's Dark Knight well exceeding $700 million. Can you look up, what what did uh, Robert Pattinson's The Batman make? But I know it was north of $700 million. But anyway, so the audience hasn't given up on DC characters in general. It's just anything connected to this DCEU, they've clearly kind of abandoned, right? No film. What's that? 770. Oh, so almost 800. $770 million, almost 800. Well, yeah, you can see, yeah. Yeah, but everything else, toilet water. Absolute toilet water. (laughs) They just have not gone out to support these films. They don't care about it. They don't want to see them. Um, and like, that's just, look at those numbers. Like, that's just crazy low. The uh, accountant in me did a little fact-checking here. A lot of people didn't know Jonathan Voiko was an accountant. I, I I decided to total those numbers up. I see numbers. I see patterns. I want to I want to total things up. Those, those come out. Those seven films, one point seven billion dollars. That's a lot. One point seven. No way home. One point nine billion dollars. <laughs> Spider Man No Way Home made now, more money. Two hundred million more almost than the last, than the last seven, seven DC films films. combined. You know what'd be interesting if you added up all the budgets compared <laughs> to No Way Home. Yeah, someone's crying over that <laughs> yeah. one. Uh, it's just, so okay, so this leads then to the question about what can we expect for Blue Beetle, right? Like, what can Blue Beetle do? What can Blue Beetle not do? All this kind of stuff. And I, I, like to me, it's not a matter that I don't think Blue Beetle will be good. I'm expecting it to be good. It's just that, regardless of if it's good. I don't think anybody's going to go. The audience is, look, I don't care what anybody else says. Flash was really good, and nobody would go see it. Um, You know, I I thought Shazam 2 was pretty good. It was pretty good. It wasn't nearly as good as the first one. It was pretty good, but it super tanked. Ultimate. And Black Adam, I don't think Black Adam was bad. No. I didn't think it was all that good, but I didn't think it was bad. Biggest movie star in the world during the right Johnson could crack 400 money. So what is Blue Beetle going to do? I'll be honest with you. My initial thoughts was that it was going to come in around 200 million, right around that birds of prey number there, right in the middle, somewhere around somewhere in between birds of prey and flash box office. But mm. you know, I've been getting more people with the positive reviews coming out. We're getting, I, I've been hearing more from people saying, you know what? The Latino community is really going to get out to support this film. That's so that the word of mouth might be igniting some people to get out there. So I'm going to ask the question, all right? And I'm going to put this in the, I'm going to make a poll out of this in a second. But we're going to ask the question about how well can this movie do, okay? Now, let's go to this list again. I'm going to start at the bottom. I I do believe without much problem it'll beat Shazam Fury of the Gods. I still don't know why it made that little money. I don't either. I mean, I'm not surprised it didn't become a hit, but like 133, that's a comic book movie's opening weekend. 
Um, I do think it'll beat Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman 84. Now you get into the stuff about, okay, can it crack? So I'm going to ask the, the thing. Can BB, that's Blue Beetle, beat out um, Birds of Prey? So Birds of Prey is at, what's it at here? It's at well, 205. 205. Uh, 205 million. Yes or no? I'm going to put that up for the community to vote on right now, and then we'll start working our way up the ladder. But we'll start off with that $200 million, which, by the way, let me remind you that an ultra-flop of a comic book movie making $205 million still made more money than three other DC films in the last five years. That's how bad of a shape DCU has been in the last five years. I really wanted Blue Beetle to beat the rocks uh number but we'll, we'll get there we'll get yeah. there we're not there yet we're gonna start a little further down on the on the ladder at right. birds of prey and right now we've got 68 percent. now it's 66 percent of the audience is saying yes blue beetle will beat out birds of prey okay let's let's jump up to the flash then i'm gonna put in i'm gonna end that poll and let's put in a new one this one's gonna be interesting right? and Open poll. Will Open poll. it beat? I might misspell something here. Uh, will it beat Flash? Flash's two hundred and sixty-eight million. Okay, guys, that's the new question. So we got to get over fifty percent here. So we got sixty. It ended up with sixty-seven percent of the people said yes. It'll beat out Birds of Prey. Now we're t- jumping up another sixty million. Will it beat Flash? Oof. Okay, it's close. We might be able to move to the next level. All right. It looks like we might be able to go to the next level. No. Oh. It's losing now. Oh. Right now, I'm going to leave it open for a second. Well, now it's switched back to oh. yes. Oh, 51%, 52% are saying yes. 53% are Man. saying yes. Tugging that pole on both sides. Tugging that pole. Oh, God. <laughs> Someone's going to make that pay, t-shirt. Got a strong Ray grip. Aura, tugging the pole at both sides. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> quote, Ray Aura. Very strong grips on with this group. <laughs> okay. So we're going to call it now. 56% say yes, it'll be, take All Flash. Right. Okay, so it's gone up. It's I got a number up. in my head. All right, they're getting up. a little more confident. Now we'll get on to the Shazam level. Okay? <laughs> I don't know why we're doing this. I, have, I already have the number. Will it? <laughs> okay, give me a second. Will it beat <laughs> Billion dollars. Uh, the first Shazam's number of, what? It, what is it? 367 mm. million. That wasn't okay, much. This is a big jump up. Mm-mm. So, like, 60-some percent said it'll beat Birds of Prey. 50-some percent said it'll beat The Flash. We're gonna, Can we get up to that top run? Can we even get it to challenge Black Adam? It's got to beat 50%. And right now, no. I had, I had 330. Wow. With a resounding I, no. With a resounding no. 77% right now. Now 73%. We'll give it another second. So it gets up to gets beyond Flash, but it doesn't break 300 million probably. I'm, I'm saying 330 right now. Three thirty. That's, that's right. my that's my guess. Well, that would break three hundred, but it ain't gonna get past Shazam. But that's the best case scenario for me. All right, I'm gonna end the poll here. Sixty-seven percent are saying no, we it will not them. catch Shazam. So we didn't even get up to the chance for it to challenge. Yeah, they were angry. Black Adam. Okay, I think it's possible. I think it's possible. Like, Ray, you you put out on the show earlier this morning, you put out, a, like, this list. You said this list. Like, if it can do this, and if it can do this, you talked about if it can get the reaction, if it can get the word of mouth, if the community can mobilize and get out and support it. And oh, yeah, yeah, Rob was saying that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, both of you. Yeah, 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 right. 
Because we both believe in the Latino community. If, they will support if it them. can do all that, I mean, considering it's one of the better films on this list, I mean, I haven't seen it yet. I can't say, but I'm saying review-wise it is. That maybe, but look, can I just again emphasize how sad of a story this is that we're talking about <laughs> can a movie, when's the last time an MCU movie made under $400 million? You got to go back to phase one, don't you? Maybe. Uh, honestly, I don't know if, have any made under? I mean, yeah, definitely in phase one. Like I think Captain of the first Captain America movie made in the 300s. Um, I am pretty sure. But we're talking about the last seven films of DC haven't been able to crack 400. And I can't remember the last time that a single MCU movie didn't make 400. Like even Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania broke 400 million. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Thor broke it, but yeah, you're right. The first Captain America did not. Yeah. And what year was that though? 2011. So we're going to have to go back 12 years. Yeah. To probably when the last time a Marvel film didn't, didn't go below 400 and it's been five years since the DC film was able to go above 400. You know, it could do a little bit better if the kids end up liking this character, because it would probably be an introduction to a lot of kids, this character, because I don't know anything about him. Yeah. There's hope. Yeah. And there are a number of, there are a number of paths. There are a number of things that could trigger big community support, uh, youth getting out to support it. If somehow, some way they can tap into that whole Cobra Kai fan base and mobilize that fan base. I'm not saying those things are going to happen. I'm just saying those paths yeah. exist that maybe outdoing Black Adam could theoretically be possible. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I agree with the audience. I will not put my money on that. I, I think it's going to come in between somewhere Birds of Prey and The Flash. I think have to no, be a- con- no controversy with this film, too. Or actors within. There's like controversy? The Flash. The Flash oh, there's some... no controversy. Uh, yeah. yeah, unlike the Ezra Miller stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, George Lopez hasn't been in the limelight for a little bit. Maybe there's a big fan base out there that- There's like, not a big George like, Lopez like this fan base. In LA. Yeah, know. but to come out to a movie, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but I don't. You know, I'm just trying to give the positives. Like, I like- I George agree. Lopez. Again, there are paths. There are ways it could crack 400. Plus, the gun-wielding grandma community <laughs> is going to love this one. <laughs> I still don't know why they put that in the trailer. <laughs> I, the gun wielding. Gr- all right, so tomorrow I'm going to have a requirement. We all wear blue. <laughs> okay. I don't know that I have anything blue. Well, you better buy something. <laughs> Other than my blue jeans. I mean, I'm that's sure I have it. something blue. I'll, I'll, I'll wear my Cookie Monster shirt. That's what I'll wear. All right. That all doesn't right. count. That's, that's nothing- blue. It's light blue and Cookie Monster's blue, blue. Oh, but you- it's not in the room. It says nothing to do with hey, like the blue, blue. I just said blue. <laughs> oh, fine. Fine. <laughs> I have a blue shirt. That's why I said it. <laughs> All right. With that down, guys, uh, let's do what we are here to do, shall we? Which is to take your live comments and questions, shall we? Let's not waste any time to dive into it. Jonathan, what do we got up here first? First up, we got Mostly Walking with a two-parter. Hi, John. Uh, you keep mentioning studios dump shows on streaming and how streaming is unprofitable. However, take a show, Game of Thrones, for example. Uh, various articles from Forbes, New York Times, et cetera, has estimated Game of Thrones made for HBO between 2 to $4 billion in profit. Through various revenues like driving subscriptions, licensing the show to other uh, countries, physical sales, merchandising, etc. Smaller shows can make these sales, but on a smaller scale as well. Okay, there's two important factors there that you're just glossing over. Okay. First of all, Game of Thrones started as a television series, mm-hmm. not a streaming series. Game of Thrones was an HBO oh, right. show. 
right? Yeah. You can't, that's not a small detail. That's not a little thing. That's a major significant and, part of that. And you could only get HBO Go if you had the cable channel. If you had the cable channel, exactly. So that that's a very big thing you got to take into consideration there. The second thing, you kind of pointed out yourself, but I think you're missing the point of it. HBO is one of those networks, unlike Netflix or others, that did, it did license their show out to other networks around the world and to other places around the world. That is something most streaming today doesn't do, at least not on any big wide scale. And so it was also able to generate revenue that way. But yeah, in its main heart of the popularity of that show, it was a television show, HBO traditional TV um, and they were able to uh, generate money of it that way, not to mention, you know, it's one of the rare shows, and this is the third part of that. It is one of the very, very rare shows because it is such an older show, and it was around during the real formation of subscriptions and all that kind of stuff. It's one of the few shows that it actually got new people to sign up to the subscription service for it. Another show that was like that was House of Cards for Netflix, right? That was like, that was really the first time in a major way, at any rate, that the streamers were trying to become like HBO, where they actually produced. Because up until that point, Netflix really just was playing library content of other networks, right? And then they came out with House of Cards. And that became kind of a pivotal moment. Now, we'll ignore all the drama with House of Cards and Kevin Spacey that came later, but... That was a show that really did drive new subscribers. The thing is, there aren't those shows anymore. I, I, I don't even think House of the Dragon was one of those shows, right? You can't really count on shows these days to drive and bring in new subscribers. Not nearly as much as you could back in the formation days, when uh, Game of Thrones is really the big thing. So yeah, it's it's a little bit like comparing apples to spaceships, trying to compare the Game of Thrones situation, which when did Game of Thrones start? I, I, I can't even remember what year it was. Yeah, I'd have to. But it was a while ago, right? And and so I don't know that you can take that situation and then compare. 2011. So 2011, 12 years ago, I don't know that you can take that example and then compare it to the circumstances that streamers are in now with their content. So it's just kind of a different thing. All right, what's next? Uh, we've got Garden Variety Vagabond who writes, John, the player on the blind side had two revelations in uh, February. One, he just learned he was, wasn't legally adopted but only under a conservatorship. The parents lied to him about this. Three, he learned that even the parents' two birth children received residuals while he did not. Four, under the conservatorship, they still have control on his money, which they also stole from his accounts. His status is actually the same as Brittany, or was, because she's out of the conservatorship. They told him it was the same as an adoption for over 18 kids. Yeah, I'm not going to go into that very much because that those statements are being strongly contested. Now, again, I, I, I have no dog in this. I don't care. I, I wasn't there. I have no actual uh, claim to know the truth about any of it. I, I'll, just say, I'll just say this. I'll just repeat what I said the other day. Um, those claims that he's be making are being strongly contested. And on top of that, I just go back to what I said before. I remember when that movie came out 
And he himself was going around on the talk show circuit. He himself was going around promoting this movie, pitching it as a true story and all this kind of stuff. And so I, I'm not going to pretend that I know anything. I don't believe anybody with any common sense should think they know anything just because a few people make a few comments. I, I This is one of those things that I'm not going to get mixed up in. I'm going to sit back and wait to see how it all kind of transpires. But let's just say that I have a cynical eye on anything being said by certain parties right now. Again, but I don't know what's real and what's true and what's not true. I wasn't there. I'll wait to see how this all gets litigated out. All right, what's next? Victor says, happy 20th anniversary to Freddy versus Jason. Oh, my God. I was only 11 when it came out, and we weren't allowed to see it, but me and my friend eventually saw it on home video. It terrified me for a long time, but today it's just 90 minutes of pure dumb fun. I love it. Man, I wish I liked it. Now, Freddy versus Jason, I remember that came out as a result. They, were, they had an attempt. There was a real concerted attempt where they tried to make Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. And for whatever reason, I can't remember how the story goes, to be honest with you, but for some reason, the, the Ash aspect wasn't able to go and they did that. I just remember not liking the movie very much. <laughs> but I also really remember being pissed off at the cop-out ending. Because if I go into Freddy... Like, look, at least Batman versus Superman had a definitive winner. Batman won, right? It ends with him. He defeated Superman. He could have killed him, decided to spare him. The fight had a winner. Now, if they fight again, Superman probably wins nine out of 10 times. But in that fight, Batman versus Superman, Batman won. Freddy versus Jason did that the huge cop-out where it looked like Jason won. <laughs> but then at the very end, Freddy opens his eyes and winks. It's like, okay, so you didn't, it's not over. You didn't actually kill him. It's not over. I, I don't know. I just I re just really remember being excited about that movie and not liking it very much at all. <laughs> all right, what's next? Anonymous writes, the reaction to your Gal Gadot, uh, Amelia Clark comments confused me. I don't understand why people are sensitive to critiquing performances. As long as no personal comments about said actor are made, I see no difference in critiquing the editing, VFX, director, etc. I'll be honest with you. I was shocked how little response I got for those. I, it seems to me most people, most people understand what you just said. Here's the problem, though. We... And I've, I've brought this up before. It's it's true of, of our attachment to movies, but it's also true of our attachment to celebrities sometimes. People, some people, make the mistake of too closely identifying themselves with the objects of their fandom. And so, when somebody critiques something or someone they like, they take that as a personal attack on themselves because they see it as, you didn't like a movie I liked? Well, then you're attacking my taste in movies. No, we're not. Films are subjective. All movies hit us in different ways. If I don't like a movie, that's not me criticizing your taste in movies whatsoever. Not at all. But some people do that. And so, you know, I, I believe I have some legitimate concerns about the ability of certain performers in movies. Just like some people have concerns about writers, certain writers on shows or certain visual effects companies doing effects on movies or, or whatever. Um, and, but I'll be honest with you. I expected some real harsh pushback 
with my critiques of Amelia Clark, who I loved in Game of Thrones. And you can go back and watch my, when she was going to be in Terminator Genesis, I was real excited that she was in that and all that kind of stuff. But the reality is, as we've seen her in a few things post Game of Thrones, I'm, I'm sorry guys, but her performances haven't been all that great. And I think even massive fans of hers in Game of Thrones will acknowledge that her no, and if you think they are great, that's great. It's all the, the performance is subjective. If it worked for you, that's great. But for me, somebody who has loved her old work and cheers for her, I gotta say that, you know, whether it was that Christmas movie or Terminator Genesis or the Me Before You or the recent Secret Invasion, I just don't think as an actress she has elevated the material. I just I just don't think she has. Same goes with Gal Gadot. I don't and think you got any uproar for that one because I think a lot of people watch Heart of Stone. Which one? Oh, the 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 the, the Netflix one. A lot of people watch Heart of Stone, and look, and everybody's like, like, oh, like you're right. <laughs> wow, Gal Gadot. Now, from everything I understand, Gal Gadot is a world class human being, like just a charm, delight, a wonderful, joyous person. But a lot of people watched Heart of Stone on Netflix and went, "Oh yeah, she's really not that strong. She can't carry a project." Oh, and, really? and I'm sorry, I'll go back to Wonder Woman. Everybody who defends in Wonder Woman, and I didn't think she was bad in Wonder Woman, but Chris Pine carried that movie. And it was, a lot of it was direction. You know, I remember when James Gunn cast Dave Batista, right? Dave Batista has become a much better actor, but at the time, he was still, Dave Batista himself, himself. He, the, that dude is so humble himself saying, Hey, look, let's just, let's face it. I'm not the world's strongest thespian. Right. But James Gunn as a director knew how to took, take him and put him in positions in a movie that accentuated his strengths and hid his weaknesses as a performer. Right. And the result was a Drax, the destroyer character in guardians of the galaxy one. That was delightful. And I think Patty Jenkins did the same thing for wonder woman. She never put Gal Gadot in a position where she had to do any quote-unquote heavy lifting as an actor. Chris Pine was there really breathing a lot of life into the movie. Um, and I think she improved, like between, even though I didn't like Wonder Woman 1984 at all, I actually thought her performance in it was an improvement, like was, was a step forward uh, than her performance in the first Wonder Woman, even though... 84 wasn't that good of a movie. I thought her performance had improved. And I remember saying at the time, we can see Gal Gadot improving. But then Death on the Nile. There, I'll be honest with you. I saw regression in Death on the Nile. And now Heart of Stone. I, again, I think we see regression rather than progress, like we saw between Wonder Woman and, and uh, the first one in 84. Now I think we're seeing regression. But again, I think you're right, Ray. I think the reason I didn't get the amount of pushback on my expression of my skepticism about their ability probably has a lot to do with Heart of Stone and people saw it and were like, oh, oh yeah, she's... Yeah. I mean, I think she can be a perfectly good secondary or third level supporting character in a movie if you use her in the right way, just like James Gunn used Dave Batista in the right way. I think she can be valuable to a movie, but I... I She's not a lead. I remember when she got um, cast as a Wonder Woman. I was really in support of it, and I remember like you had a little bit of a hesitation. So oh, I, I hated was, her casting. I'll be yeah, honest. yeah, yeah. I, hated her, that, I, hated I think her that casting. was the first yeah. time in my head. I was like, 
oh man, no, I disagree with you so much on that because it's only because there was a two, I believe it's 2009. Because I'm into the DC animated films. Right. And I remember they released the Wonder Woman one and the Princess Diana to Wonder Woman. It wasn't the big hulking like Wonder Woman that like we we saw in the comics. And I was like, she could probably play that. She doesn't have a lot of lines. But in she's that. not an actress. I know, but she didn't that have was a the lot. Problem. I'm just saying like, because me back, like I thought, oh yeah, she's perfect. And listen, I talked to a lot of actors and actresses around that. I still remember that happened. Oh yeah. And Without exception, they they won't say this publicly, but without <laughs> exception, every actor and actress I personally talked to resented the fact that the supermodel, like yeah. this big, high-profile, major role, wasn't going to somebody who was a true actor, who had been putting in the work and in this business for years and trained and had experience and all that kind of stuff. And there were dozens of good candidates out there, hundreds of good candidates out there. And instead they went for this hot supermodel. And look, there's no denying, male or female, Gal Gadot is one of the most beautiful, stunning looking human beings walking the face of the earth, no doubt. But uh, anyway, that's, yeah, that's, that's that. a, we're not going to get off the end. All right, let's move on. What's next? Uh, Gabe writes, I remember all the rumors in anticipation of Doctor Strange 2 and thought it was going to be a crazy Civil War-esque movie uh, with Tom Cruise showing up as Iron Man. Nowadays, I don't pay any attention to rumors and just wait for the movie to come out. Good idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we. how many times in this show do we tell everybody, Tom Cruise is not showing up as Iron Man in this movie? Anyway, yeah. um, it all really started with WandaVision because every WandaVision was great in that it set up all these questions and theories and got us all into it. It got all of us engaged in the show. But some people got carried away. And what I mean by carried away isn't that you came up with wild theories. Coming up with wild theories is fine, right? Like I thought Reed Richards was going to show up because she kept talking about this particular scientist and all this kind of stuff. And I thought Reed Richards was going to show up. Didn't turn out to be Reed Richards. And I was like, oh, okay, no problem. But here's the problem. Too many people, and I think WandaVision is really the one that put this in the limelight. It carried over to No Way Home. Oh, No Way Home, Doctor Strange. People got too attached to their theories. And that's when I came up with the expression that says, speculation is fine, just don't let your speculation become expectation. Don't let your speculation become expectation. There's nothing wrong with speculating. Some people are going, fans should just not speculate anymore. No, absolutely fans should speculate. That's part of the fun. We should speculate and theorize that maybe this is going to, but the problem is don't get attached to it. Because I talked to several people who got real pissy mad, both in one division and in Doctor Strange 2, when their theory didn't turn out to be true. But they had become so convinced that their theory was going to happen that when it didn't, they got personally bothered by it. It's like, guys, don't let your speculation become expectation. Have fun, speculate, theorize but then put it down and just let the show or movie happen and, and then judge it on its own merits. Anyway, there's just that. All right, what's next? Nilly Wave writes, uh, hey, John, been watching since AMC days. Thank you, just man. Wanted to say I appreciate what you do uh, and the crew do. Been going through a bad breakup after five years and watching your show every day gives some much needed relief for this movie fan. Oh, I appreciate it. Like, I, I appreciate you come here. That's one of the great things about movies and fans that talk about movies together. It gives us a reprieve from the stuff going on in our lives, right? 
And it doesn't fix our problems and our problems are still there when we get back to them. But hopefully we're in a more renewed state of mind. We feel rested. We feel refreshed. We feel energized because we just engage with something that we think that gives us joy and makes us happy. And again, it doesn't make our problems disappear. I think it just makes us a little bit more capable of dealing with the problems that we have. Now, as far as the breakups go, uh, John Campia, love doctor, is now in session. Oh, God. Let me go ahead and get out of here. <laughs> there is an old saying um, that I won't quote now, but Tom Hanks at the end of <laughs> Castaway. It's an old saying, but Tom Hanks from. Tom Hanks at the end of Castaway, when asked, when the character was asked, how did you survive on that island all alone? And he, had, he, he confides that he thought about ending his own life and all this kind of stuff, but he said, you never knew what the what the tide was going to bring in every day, right? Something else would wash up on shore that would help him survive and help him get on. It's like you never know what'll happen. And that's the thing about life. No matter what happens and how dark something feels, whatever, you never know what the tide is. You never know what life is going to bring your way tomorrow. And as somebody who's been through breakups, it's tough. It's hard. But... Then years later, you look back on them and say, yeah, that was a bump. But, you know, we got past the bump. So wishing good things for you, my friend. Uh, yeah, man. Things. Enjoy your time. Just do things that make you happy, man. As long as it's not destructive to your health or anyone else, it's, it's time to enjoy yourself. Yeah. Do like Ray does. Pull on the pole both ways. You know, it's just uh, take Ray. <laughs> That's Ray Ora's big relationship advice. All right. What's next? The scumbag of New York. Uh, <laughs> oh, right. Oh, wait. Is that John? <laughs> uh, Bacon, egg, and cheese, if you saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Hi, John. Excited to say I'm leaving the U.S. to pursue my dream of teaching English in Vietnam today. Very cool. I channel what you said about working for your goals during this process. On movies, (laughs) what are your thoughts on Steven Seagal? Weird question, (laughs) I know. (laughs) That that was a change of direction. First of all, good on you. You know, yeah, if you got a dream, one of the things I always tell people every day is, listen, do something every day no matter how big or how tiny, do something every day that moves you a little bit closer towards your goals. Even if something as tiny as making a phone call, writing an email, doing some, a little bit of an exercise, whatever, do something every day that moves you towards your goals. And that's awesome that you're getting to pursue yours. What do I think of Steven Seagal? I ain't gonna lie, I'm like everybody else. When he first burst on the scene and started making his movies, I ate him up like everybody else. <laughs> you did? Of course I did. They were fun. They were violent. They did oh, gruesome yeah. things. He was snapping people's have fingers. Seen, and... Have you seen the South Park episode with him on it? I have not, no. Need... <laughs> oh, my God. I can't even think about it without that. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But I, I started realizing after a couple of them that, number one, wow, this guy can't act. And number two, it really started to bother me. <laughs> what? That this actor, Seam Seagal, never let his character get hit or or even come close to losing a fight. He always had to look invincible. And that started me noticing it when other actors would do that too. That's part of the reason why, as much as I love Vin Diesel, I love Vin Diesel, but what, I have a real problem in all the facets that, that Dom is invincible. Like nothing can beat Dom, right? And that bothers me. It all started with Steven Seagal. So, yeah, that's that's kind of my thoughts on that. <laughs> All right, what's next? Abby writes, uh, maybe uh, maybe send your scripts to Jonathan. He will read them and choose one. Ray can direct. John will produce and fund it. Not really, but do you send your stuff to Robert Meyer Burnett? Who knows? A famous celebrity may read it. He won't take any of our scripts. 
<laughs> no, but Rob has sent me some. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, well, no. scripts. You know what? I, I, you know, we were talking about John will fund it. I, and I don't know why when you brought this up, John will fund it. This thought went through my head. You know, I haven't shared this publicly, but I, I will share it here for you, my close friends oh, yeah. who are here joining us for so open mute, mic. Mute, mute, mute the audience. Okay. <laughs> but I'll share this with you guys. Um, recently, you might have seen some other big podcasters talk about this recently. I haven't. But we, I, we were a part, if you've heard about this, we were a part of it too. We recently announced that we've changed our ad agency. Um, and we're super, we're, we love the ad agency we're with now. They're great. But oh, a little while ago, and we ne I never talked about it. A little while ago, uh, the ad agency we were worked with, and if my calculations are correct, they may or may not be right, but uh, if my calculations are correct, we got shafted for $100,000. We got shafted $100,000 from an agency that we had been working with. Again, if my math is all correct. And I don't know what you think my personal financial status is. But it's a hundred thousand less than that. But it's a hundred thousand yeah. less than it was. <laughs> um, that that hurt. Yeah, that hurt a lot. And, and and the reason that that sprung to my mind when you were bringing up like the John could finance it. Don't laugh. I I had a few things in mind that I was looking to do, and I was wanting to try, and I, I was wanting hurt my foot ten times. Yeah, <laughs> I could have had ten surgeries with that money. Um, I'm going to let it go purple again when you <laughs> just so I can pay for it I'm again. I'm going to do the other foot so I can have some balance. Um, yeah, it, there were a few things. There was, there was some, some people's projects I wanted to help out. There was a few things I was looking forward to doing. $100,000 is not $10 million, but it, it's a lot of money. And it was just, and it was money that I was counting on. And all of a sudden, poof. It was yeah. gone. There, there's a wrestling personality a guy by the name of Jim Cornette uh, who does a podcast and he talked about his experience with the same people we were dealing with. And, oh, wow. Um, oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Oh, he was with them. Okay. Yeah. He goes real hardcore on him. Though. I am not. Jim Cornette I'm, I'm is, just saying that. Is yeah. The personality to do that. It was, uh, woo. It, I got to look it, that up. I it hurt us, man. It, it hurt us a great deal. But, you know, I, there's many, many, many things in life I am not very good at. Tons of things I'm not very good at. Console gaming is one, for example. But one of the things I am pretty good at is managing finances. I've always been good at managing my finances. And so we took a $100,000 hit. We were able to navigate it. We're still here. But uh, yeah, that one hurt, man. Oh. That one hurt. Oh, um, it, yeah, it was out of your hands, though. It uh, just happened. It and was. And some people right are saying, well, sue them. Well, we we can't. Yeah, there's a lot of things that... There's... We... I mean, I can, I can say this. This is perfectly fine. I mean, there's no point in us suing them because they were going to bankrupt. They they did certain things and, and whatever, from, from what I understand, if I understand it right... Um, but they went bankrupt, which means, yeah, I could sue them, but I'm not going to get anything. So it was like, yeah, I'm just basically properly fucked. You know, it, 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 I just got a letter from uh, this company that I forgot. It was so long. I ordered like a small figure from 
It was like $35, I think. And I and I completely forgot about it. They took so long. And then I got a letter saying, oh, fill out this form. You might be able to get some money back for it. And I was like, it's been so long. And they're going bankrupt. They're like, if, if we could collect some stuff from them, we could pay you whatever. You know, it's, and I'm like, it's impressive how you were able to come up with such an applicable comparison of your thirty-five dollar loss. I'm just saying, and that my one hundred thousand dollar loss. I forgot about it, and that I have to fill out a long form if I want thirty-five dollars back. Just give me my thirty-five dollars back. All right, pizza, listen, baby. Guys, we got more to cover, but before we do, we're going to take a quick second here and thank a couple of sponsors. You know, trying to make up for the losses we had. Just yeah, thank a couple loss. of sponsors of today's episode of Open Mic. Our friends at Rocket Money. And masterclass. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video, Rocket Money. Did you know that the average person has around 12 paid subscriptions and they might not even remember to subscribing to half of those? If you have no idea just how much you're spending each month, you need Rocket Money. It's this great app that tracks all of your expenses so you know exactly where your money is going. I recently just found out that over 80% of people have subscriptions that they've completely forgotten about. Seriously, think about how many free trials you subscribe to that you just probably never canceled. And that's why I'm such a big fan of Rocket Money, because I was one of those people. When I signed up to Rocket Money, I was stunned to find out that a gym I had belonged to in another city I lived in, I had still been paying my dues to for over two years. Also, that music subscription service I use, yeah, I forgot I was subscribed to two other ones. That's where Rocket Money comes in because Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. With over 3 million users and counting, Rocket Money customers have saved on average of $720 a year. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash campia. That's rocketmoney.com slash campia. Rocketmoney.com slash campia. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this video, Masterclass. Guys, you know, as a small business owner, I am finding myself having to be in negotiations all the time, whether it's with new contractors, vendors, or even agencies that represent our company. Now, I don't like to go into these negotiations unarmed, so I found the perfect class on Masterclass, The Art of Negotiation by Chris Voss, a real-life former FBI lead hostage negotiator. Taking this class on Masterclass made me feel a lot more equipped and confident going into all these various negotiations. I have to do on a regular basis. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. An annual membership starts at just $10 a month, and you get unlimited access to every instructor, thousands of online lessons, exclusive content, insight, and much more. There are over 180 classes to pick from, everything from filmmaking with Martin Scorsese all the way to cooking with the great Gordon Ramsay. In Masterclass, you will find practical lessons that you can apply to your life and work. So guys, get unlimited access to every class. And right now, as a John Campion Show listener, you can get 15% off when you go to masterclass.com slash campia. That's masterclass.com slash campia for 15% off an annual membership. Masterclass.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends at Rocket Money and Masterclass for sponsoring this episode. All right, with that down, let's keep going here. Jonathan, what we got up next? All right, we got Mojo Dojo Casa House that Ken built. <laughs> uh, we got uh, one of two. Watch Strays last night, and I give it an A for absolutely hilarious. Amongst all the D jokes and raunchy humor, uh, there's a lot of uh, cry time. Yeah, cry time. Uh, it said there was one of two, so let me see. Really? Oh, here. 
uh, Fox's character, a lot of, of D jokes. Uh, Isla Fisher is great. And Randall Park, I thought, stole the show for me. Uh, he was great running joke, howling. Hey, let's oh, see. Randall Park is a, a voice? I, I didn't know that. We are going to go see it in two and a half hours. Yeah. Two and a half hours, we're going to go see. He said absolutely. And I'm, I listen, I think that I was shocked. I did a stream, live stream on the weekend. And I, I have been super excited about seeing Strays. And I asked the audience, I put up a poll and I said, how many of you guys are planning on seeing Strays? And 66% of the people said they weren't going to go see Strays. And I don't, I think the trailers for this movie have been absolutely, pardon me, absolutely hilarious. And I'm super excited about seeing it tonight. So here's hoping it, it lives well, up to expectations. What? If Joyride had anything to do, the numbers for Joyride, then... Maybe it is just maybe it's not a good time for comedy right now. Yeah, maybe because Joyride is the funniest movie I've seen in over a decade and nobody went to go see it, which is a fucking shame because that movie was gold. Anyway, all right, what's next? All right, uh, Haas TV writes, Netflix's Painkiller is a six-episode scripted miniseries with Matthew Broderick and Uzo uh, Aduba about the rise of OxyContin from the Purdue drug company Sackler family and the billion dollars they billions of dollars they they made keeping people addicted. Again, so. it sounds so much like that Michael Keaton limited series that I, I can't remember if it was HBO had it because I thought that was the, so somebody was explaining Painkiller to me. And I'm like, that's the Michael Keaton series. And they're like, no, 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 it's not Michael Keaton. I'm like, it sounds just like the Michael Keaton one. So I, I haven't seen a trailer for it at all, but we've had a number of people bringing it up. I'm going to have to check it out. So thanks for putting that on the radar, man. All right, what's next? Okay, the Daily Prophet writes, Hey, I was wondering, can Disney Lucasfilm bring the Star Wars fan base back together like it once was before? I just don't get that excitement. I just don't get that excitement in anymore. It's going to be very difficult. Partially because certain, there have been aspects of the fan base now that have just been completely politicized. It, it's, it's just, it is what it is now. Um, and because of that, it's no longer going to be about quality. It's going to be about their, again, there are aspects of Star Wars fandom that have made it about their political beliefs and wanting to see North American culture go back to 1950s culture. And anything that doesn't look like that um, is just not going to do it. Now, for the rest of us, maybe we had one brief shining moment, one glimmering hope moment. When Mandalorian first came out, it kind of looked like that thing that could reunify the Star Wars fandom, right? Because everybody liked it. We all liked it. And But that, that dream, save the dream, that dream didn't last very long. Jin. Jin. <laughs> Look at these nuts. <laughs> Let's get together, friends. <laughs> It uh, it didn't last long, so I don't know that um, I don't know that anybody or anything is going to truly reunify the Star Wars fan base. I mean, I'll be honest with you; some of it isn't even Star Wars fan base anymore. They're just it's just a political thing. But eh, who knows? Hope springs eternal. I'll keep my fingers crossed. I don't think I would ever fight anyone over Star Wars. <laughs> no, no. It's, just not, it's not. It's just one of those things that you shouldn't be fighting about. Okay? All right, what's next? Luke, one, two, three, and four writes, question for our little ray of sunshine. Oh. Do you think gaming is better on console or PC? I want to do PC, but couldn't it have more problems than console? Look, I the only reason why I play console, there's two main reasons. 
I just have a group of friends on a, the Xbox that uh, you know, have gained since the original Xbox that don't that only game on that too. So that's one of the things. And so also, it's partially a social thing. Yeah, and I don't like sitting at a desk. For, I like to move around with the control. I guess you can do that now, right? You could attach the controller to your PC. Sure. I mean, then you get people like me that I prefer playing with the keyboard and mouse. But yeah, but then the startup of the computer and then clicking on the program, that's enough for me not to. What? It's just long to me because sometimes you open your windows. Oh, there's an update that needs to happen before you could start gaming. Well, PlayStation console, Xbox does that too. It does it when it's sleeping. But now. you mentioned the biggest advantage to console gaming, right? Because I much prefer gaming on PC, but I would much rather go into my theater room with our 150-inch screen. Click it on. And sit down, lounge back, lounge back in the couch with the controller and, and play in that thing. Because if I want to play one of my games on PC, I got to go sit in the spare bedroom, <laughs> right? Right. I, and the other problem is that I've discovered, you trying to load Baldur's Gate, is that way more often you're going to have technical glitches with a PC exactly. version of the game than with a... Um, than with a, a console game. I still prefer PC gaming, but those are two real big advantages yeah. for console games. If, Huge if, advantages. If you want to trade in convenience of console and actually go for like, I'm, I, I'm figuring you're going to build a good PC and graphics and stuff like that, and you enjoy that part of it, then go with the PC. All right, you know? what's next? We've got Donaldo who writes, I know you don't like the Transformers animated movie, but what about the G.I. Joe animated movie? <laughs> Was there, was there? Yeah. Oh yeah, Serpentor. Serpentor. I remember liking it. Yeah, I, I liked it. The Transformers movie was. Yeah, don't even get me going. That was. I watched it again. You know what I liked uh, about the Transformers is then you could have new, better, better Transformers. Don't you yeah. are such a <laughs> shit disturber. I'm kidding. You I are such a shit disturber. You know what's the great part is you, what, especially when you went to every store and got every figure from that first series, and then you go into that movie and you could just throw them away right there at the door. Right? Right, John? Is that what you did when you walked in? When you walked out, you took all the figures and just threw them away? I would just throw the movie away and keep playing with the old figures. But it, but it, it really did. It was very disheartening as a kid that you're like, but so all these guys are dead now? Yeah. It was just, it was such, it is one of the most despicable things. It is one of the most despicable, despicable things a toy company has ever done when Hasbro did that. It was such bullshit. Oh my God, it made me so mad. Okay, anyway, I'm not going to go off on it again. What's next? All right, Stephanie Mitchell writes, hey guys, saw Strays last night at an advanced screening. My theater was dying. The movie's hilarious, so no need to worry, Ray. Also, I'll never listen to Miley Cyrus' song, Wrecking Ball, the same ever again. I okay, guess you guys I, will find out. I, by the way, uh, they sent in oh, a $20 yeah, yeah, yeah. Super Chat. Thank you so much Thank for you. that, Stephanie. I am excited about this movie. It's an hour 30. It's an hour and 30. We might not need alcohol now. That's right in Ray's sweet spot, uh -huh. that hour and 30. Although, although I got to admit, you know, Ray and I were talking about this earlier today. I am very concerned that the review embargo hasn't lifted. Did, Ray, double check it, but I mean... When last time we checked this morning, and that to me is usually a big red flag that the studio doesn't believe in the Still movie. Still nothing. Still nothing. That worries me. But I love hearing you guys who saw those advanced screenings last night, because we're going tonight, saying that you had a good time. So I'm excited. All right. What's next? Uh, Donato Martinez writes, is it fair to say that Sam is the real hero of the Return of, Return of the King? Without him, Frodo would have never made it. Well, listen, there are, without Frodo, th the good guys never would have won. Right. 
Without Gandalf, the good guys never would have won. Without so on and so forth, right? So it's not about, without this person, it wouldn't have happened. But listen, there have been a lot of editorials written about the concept that Samwise Gamgee ultimately ended up being the hero of the story. And there's some very valid arguments to be made about that. There really are. I will still say it's Frodo because, I mean, maybe Frodo couldn't have made it without Sam. But without Frodo, they never would have gotten out of the Shire, right? Only Frodo could carry the ring. Only Frodo showed any kind of resistance even though it beat on him and beat on him, he's the only one that showed any ability, as Lord Elrond said, that he has a remarkable ability to show resistance to the influence of the ring. Nobody else could have done it. If Samwise tried to wear it for 10 minutes, he would have fallen to the dark side. You know, so I will still say, while there are good arguments to be made for it, I will still say Frodo is the hero of the story. I just like that that, that king, I, I forgot his name was Boromir's father or whatever, uh, he would eat something you mean bigger. Denethor. He, yeah. he was he wasn't the king. He oh, was the steward. Yeah. Yeah. He Denethor. would eat something bigger and bigger every time he got bad news. He just, <laughs> yeah. It was started with grapes and then went to a big old turkey leg. More more bad news, the bigger the chunks of food in his mouth. All right, what's next? Charles Anderson writes. I know you're interested when sports and movies intersect. Have you been following this blindside story? It's a messy situation. I was Oof. curious your thoughts. Uh, does it make you rethink the movie? It, it doesn't. It absolutely 1000% doesn't make me rethink the movie at all, in the least. A movie's a movie, everything else outside of it. And again, uh, like I said, That's there right. are certain things being said that I find sketchy because they don't line up with what I remember actually happening. But again, I have no dog in this fight. I don't know what the actual truth is. I think it's one of the big problems of pop culture today that people hear a certain factoid and go, well, I know what happened now. And really, I don't. But I, let's just say I'm pretty skeptical of the whole thing going on. But let's, it doesn't change at all the way I look at the movie. Let's play the long game on this one. Wait until Yeah, let's just out. wait and see what happens. Yeah. All right, what's next? Uh, Ahara and Epstein uh, writes, Hey, John and crew, if you could live in any movie or TV universe, which one would you live in? And Star Wars. Ray's would be Sex Court. <laughs> Sex Court TV. And I'm the judge <laughs> I'm of everybody. Judge. <laughs> Actually, uh, Wonka. I would die probably you real probably quick. you probably die in Willy yeah, Wonka's Wonka, um, You go up the the, the chocolate uh, fountains tube like like uh, Augustus. Oh, no, but see, I'm not a fan. I'm a fan of chocolate. Uh, Everything else I'm a fan of in there. Dude, listen. It, in our 13 going on 14 years of our relationship, Anne and I, I kid you not, people think I'm lying when I say this. I kid you not. We've had three fights. Three. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean there haven't been times that I might have done something that annoyed Anne a little bit. Oh, yeah. It, well. it, something <laughs> medium sized, something small, whatever. But I have the ultimate get out of jail free card with your sister, man. Come home with chocolate. Doesn't matter what I did. I could have missed the toilet and shit on the floor. If I come home with a, an offering of chocolate. <laughs> that that the, <laughs> no. For the record. Oh, that happened. That is a specific. <laughs> for the record, that How is not happening. From like peeing to like grabbing and missing the toilet. <laughs> you must have had like. You know, some you got to sit sweats. when you do that, right? You must have had some tight sweatpants on and needed to go and just tipped over. <laughs> all right, all right. I got you. I no, get you. You know what's so good? When cute? I come home with an offering of chocolate. <laughs> 
it's it's like the uh, the first day of being married again, man. Everything is joy and happiness. You know what's so cute about Anne when she was a little, uh, you know, like a little kid? She would hide chocolate. Would she? She would hide chocolate. I would be like, why is there chocolate under the pillow? Because she would hide. She loved chocolate so much. It's so cute. Guess what? I got news for you. She still hides she chocolate. She still does it. But you know what happens Because I found now? a Kit Kat in your guy's fridge underneath something. And you know what else she does? She'll hide chocolate away in like a pocket or something. Right. Then totally forget about it. And it'll melt. It'll be 106 degrees right. out. She'll put her hands no, in her no, pocket. She's, she's like, yeah. And she's got like chocolate, melted chocolate. Anyway. It's a chocolate hider. Yeah, let's just spend the next 30 minutes talking about Anne. Oh, okay. no. I want to talk about what happened that day of the, about the shit on the floor. <laughs> it was, I was creating a fake scenario to make an illustration, Ray. Did, I did not miss the toilet and shit on the floor. I hope I never stepped in that area. What's next? John Redcorn writes, what was dumber, the Morbius post-credit scene or the secret invasion finale? The secret invasion finale, because as stupid as the Morbius post-credit scene was, it was, narratively speaking to everything else, completely harmless. It was dumb, made no sense, shouldn't have been there. But at the end of the day, it didn't do any harm. It was just bad. What they did at the end of Secret Invasion, it makes me lose a... I have not lost hope in the MCU, but it makes me lose a little bit of hope in the MCU. Like, it it ultimately was like, this is... You literally just created a god. An undefeatable, unstoppable, irrepressible god you just created. And in a stupid little way, it's like, uh, we never even heard... Of what do they call the the um, the collection of the DNA? They call this the harvest, right? We never even heard of the harvest till the second last episode, and all of a sudden, oh yeah, now I created this dome, and we're gonna go inside the dome, and I'm gonna turn on the machine, and I'm gonna have everybody's superpowers. Yeah. Boom! And all of a sudden, like that, there's a god in the MCU. It 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 hurts the overall thing. So I will say the worst thing is what they did at the end of Secret Invasion. <laughs> okay, all right. You could have started with that. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> I did start with that. (laughs) Then I explained it. (laughs) All right, what's next? All right, Stump writes, as as a big SOA fan, uh, I was curious about your thoughts of the season when they went to Ireland. I believe that was season three, Mm. I think. They went to Ireland? The Sons of Yes, they spent one of the seasons in Ireland. The whole group of... For the most part, yeah. Hmm. I felt they could have done without. Uh, I also feel they did Jax and Tara dirty in the end. Keep up the content. Okay, so SOA, Sons of Anarchy, just so you guys know. So I was late. Sons of Anarchy is one of my top three favorite films, or favorite films, favorite television series of all time. You love that show. I love that show. Um, You got white shoes because of that show. I did get white shoes because that show. It's leaving white shoes, man. Trying to look like Jax. You don't know what white shoes could do to someone. You know, white shoes are dope. I like white shoes. So anyway. I call them the Clark Griswolds. (laughs) The Clark Griswolds. That's not what no one should ever think of. (laughs) That's not something I want to be associated with. Anyway. So I was late. I didn't actually start watching it until it was well into its run. Right. Yeah. And so I started watching Sons of Anna and I both started watching Sons of Anarchy and we loved it. Like we started at season one, episode one, and we started to work our way through and we loved it. And I was talking about how much I liked it. A lot of people online were right to me and say, hey, it's great. Now, listen, you're going to come up to a season here where they go to Ireland and it's not their best season, but just get through that and everything picks up again. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So we were kind of waiting for this season to hit when they go to Ireland. And then we get to the season they go to Ireland and we really liked it. I, I thought it was really good. 
Um, the, one of the funniest, uh, probably the single funniest moment in Sons of Anarchy happens in their Ireland thing. When Jax meets a girl, and for those of you who know, this won't make any sense to anybody who doesn't know Sons of Anarchy, but there's a character, a pretty twisted character named Tig, who's one of the Sons of Anarchy. Anyway, he's kind of messed up. But anyway, so Jax meets this girl in Ireland, and they start getting really friendly, and they go into a back room because they're about to fuck. And the thing is, Jack's mom knows that that girl is actually his half-sister. Oh. And so they have to rush. Like, where did they go? They just went to the back room. And they, like, rush in there to stop them from getting it on and letting them know you guys are actually half-siblings. And Jax was like, man, I'm so glad you caught us. I almost went full TIG. And again, you have to know the show to understand how funny that is, but that was one of the fu funniest things that they ever did in the show. I actually liked the season in Ireland, to be honest <laughs> with you. I, I, I didn't dislike it like a lot of other Sons of Anarchy fans did. All right, what's next? Joe Adonis T. Hi, John, John, and Ray. John, you play the guitar, right? Yep. I always envy those who play an instrument by ear. It's a great feat considering most instruments are played by hands. Oh. And it, it's a great feat. Yep. Play it with your hands. Yeah, see now here last time you had a you had good structure but a terrible punchline. No, no, you had bad structure but a good punchline. <laughs> you know, I this time you have you had a good structure but terrible punchline. You got to you got to merge the two. You're getting there. But yes, for for uh, for a little factoid of the day, a little MTV factoid pop up. I do play guitar, bass, with his feet, piano, and <laughs> drums. Those are the instruments I play. All right, what's next? Uh, Haas TV writes, Gunn said again that Blue Beetle will be in the DCU. It, I guarantee. Well, listen, I yeah, don't doubt there will be will. a Blue Beetle in the DCU. Guess what? I do Su not believe it's going to be this one. Superman will too. Yeah, Superman will also be. The, I don't believe in, it's so going to be this Batman. one. All right, what's next? Uh, Mr. Torrance writes, when do you think Spidey and Daredevil will meet up? I don't know that they ever will. Um, we'll see what happens with this Daredevil series, but I, I'm starting to feel less and less like this Daredevil's long for the MCU, but, uh, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, if, if it happens, it'll probably be in one of the next Avengers movies, whether it's going to be Kang Dynasty or Secret Wars, that, where, where they're going to get literally every single buddy that breathes in the MCU, they'll gather together. So maybe there, if Daredevil's still around. Yeah. All right, what's next? They met as non-heroes, but yeah. Um, Suthius writes, in regards to Arashem, I always, or it, I always, it has him only making uh, himself visible to the Celestials and that the humans only saw the clouds part, uh, and felt the wind, hence the very confused looks on the face. He did knock them out. He makes them all knock out, except for Kit Harrington's character, who's the Black Knight. He gets knocked down, but not knocked out. And you're like, why did he not get knocked out? And then you realize he's a black knight. I, I don't recall it that. I mean, I've seen the film about four times. I I never saw it that way. I mean, yeah, they all get knocked down and they're just like out. Oh wow! I uh, yeah, but I mean, again, they all saw they all saw the the celestial coming out of the ocean. Yeah, they it's all, still I mean, like, I, what is that? I, yeah, so I I don't know that I see it that way. You know anyway. how you find stuff in the world that looks like like you get a potato ship and it looks like the head of Jesus or something like that. That's probably what happened. <laughs> That wasn't it even a celestial. Like head of Jesus. That wasn't even celestial. It's just people like to make things in their head. That's not anything. That's just it's just a hand. It just happens to look like a hand and a face. An ocean. All Come right, on. what's next? 
All right, Cockroach77 writes, Hey, crew, hoping I'm wrong, but I can't see how Blue Beetle cracks 200. Uh, the industry buzzed about Flash for months, and it fell flat on its face. Yeah, no, I, again, and it's not just Flash. It's the entire last five years of DCU films. All of them. Um, and Flash was really quite good. It was, I mean, like, there were some people in Warner Brothers tried to present, like, this is going to be one of the greatest comic book films ever. It wasn't, all right? I, I said that when I came out of the first screening for it back in April at CinemaCon. It's not, but it's really good. And even that, now, of course, that had some other stuff going on, the whole Ezra Miller controversy yeah. and everything that was going on too. How big or not big of an effect that had, don't really know, but it had other stuff going on too. Yeah. All right, guys, listen, we're going to take a quick second here and thank another sponsor of today's episode. You know, a guy who's never had any controversy, the good Canadian kid, Ryan Reynolds, his company, Mint Mobile. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video, Mint Mobile. Signing your life away to a big wireless provider is kind of like being trapped on a roller coaster from hell. Sure, it looks like fun at first. They probably even threw in a free phone, but now you can't get off. Month after month of insane bills and unexpected thrills, like overages and surprise fees. If that sounds like your current big wireless plan, it's time to get off the ride with Mint Mobile. For a limited time, wireless plans from Mint Mobile are just $15 a month. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for just 15 bucks a month. You guys know before, I came to Mint Mobile, I was paying triple what I am paying now on the standard big wireless plan, and I will never go back. All plans come with unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get your new unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped right to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com campia. That's mintmobile.com dot com slash campia cut your wireless bill to just 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash campia and thank you to mint mobile for being my mobile service provider and sponsoring this episode of open mic all right guys let's finish off with all the questions we got here jonathan what we got up next jay has some support here for us thank you jay uh, appreciate that man chris bryant writes people have been calling for bob Iger's job but then he secured a two billion dollar deal with pen and her uh, entertainment making ESPN bet BET uh, or bet I'll say his job is safe. Anybody who's been calling for Bob Iger's job is a moron because uh, people inside Disney aren't. He stepped into a sinking ship mm -hmm. and is doing everything he can to try to bail it out of the damage that's been done over the last three years. So anybody who thought, because I told everybody, I said this when Bob Chapek took over. I said, it's going to take a couple of years to see what really happens when Bob Iger came back? I said, it's going to literally take years for us to see the results of him coming back and what he's doing to try to correct the ship. A anybody who was saying that is just a complete idiot. Anyway, what's next? All right. We got alien productions who, who says just saw blue beetle, awfully generic comic book movie, bad dialogue, some fun stuff, but most of the humor was too silly and fell flat. Iron man, Ant-Man, Spidey mashup. Uh -oh. Well, I, I that sounds like the mass vast majority of people that I'm hearing from are saying it's really good. Like Rob was on earlier today saying he's talked to a couple of people who've seen the film. They all say they really like it. Uh, but again, it's a movie, which means it's a piece of art, which means it's going to be subjective. It'll hit all of us in different ways. I just hope it hits me in a, in a good, solid, positive way. We'll see though. All right. What's next? Uh, Shashale writes, uh, 
Uh, I probably butchered that name. Have you seen Infernal Affairs 2 and 3? Third was trash. Yeah, I didn't like them, either <laughs> of them, as much as the first one. For those of you who don't know, Infernal Affairs is the original movie that um, Martin Scorsese's The Departed is based on. Uh, the other ones weren't as strong. I still liked you. I'm with you. I didn't didn't love three, but yeah, there you go. All right, what's next? And then a follow-up, do you watch any uh, like Korean drama? No. I mean, everyone. I did watch... Um, I, obviously I watched, uh, what's the fish Squid game? game? What's that? Squid, Squid game. game. I call it fish game. The watch fish Squid game. game. I watched that, uh, uh, one about the, uh, the kids held up in the high school during oh, yeah, zombie, zombie high school. Whatever. I didn't think that was very good. Actually. Everybody loved it. We I are all dead left for dead. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, then train to Busan is awesome. Mm -hmm. There's that one Korean show called kingdom. Uh, and there are like five shows out there called Kingdom. This was a Korean period piece zombie apocalypse thing that was actually quite good. But I, I don't actually watch a lot of it. I've, I've watched a few projects and here and then there. BTS too. Shut up, BTS. What? You only care about BTS. The only reason you're mentioning BTS is because they're referencing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Wasn't uh, Parasite also Korean film? Yeah. Parasite you saw Parasite, was, right? Parasite yep. was a Korean Yeah, yeah. Parasite was... That's another movie that everybody freaked out about. And I watched it. I thought that was all right. I thought mm. Parasite oh, was okay. Like it? I know it's not that I didn't like it. It's oh. just, I thought it was all right. Uh, same director as the guy who directed. Uh... Oh, sorry. You know what? I'm sorry. Parasite is fantastic. Yeah, see? I'm thinking of the monster movie, the same director. Yeah, directed. yeah. Parasite. Yeah. Uh, but, no, 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 no. no. Uh, it was the. What, I forgot what it's called. What's. Uh, the, the monster movie that comes- in the, in the ocean, right? In the water? Yeah, it comes out and attacks the city. It's oh, a big giant I monster. I what it's called. It's one word, too. Yeah, and I, I was thinking of that. That wasn't so That's, great. He directed that movie, too? Before Parasite? Was that? The Host. The Host. Thank you. It was uh, Josiah in the live chat reminding me it was called The Host. Yeah. Everybody loved The Host. And I thought it was okay. The visual effects, especially for the time, were magnificent. Uh, but then that same director went on to do Parasite, which uh, was brilliant. I love that, Parasite. I haven't seen Parasite, but that poster always <sighs> gets me wondering what what it means. It's like a, I need to you watch. You gotta it. see the movie. It's a really yeah, really good movie. Because it's like the black tape or things over their eyes. I don't. All right. What's next? Cinema writes: If films like Peanut Butter Falcon and Licorice Pizza are any indication, a weird food title will guarantee a movie will get critical praise. <laughs> well, no, being a good movie will get you critical praise. Um, I was very, I, Peanut Butter Falcon is a real special yeah, little movie. Yeah, that's man. a really nice It's a really movie. special little movie. And, I, and again, it proved that he might be a bit of a whack job. I don't know. But Shia LaBeouf, when he's on his game, he's... He is a top 10 actor on the yeah, planet. He's, a, he's top tier right there. When he's on his game, he's formidable. He's a really fucking great actor. Uh, but yeah, th that movie was really special. What was, that, what was the movie called where he he played a, a Mexican cholo uh, mafia? Oh, yeah, where he played like a collector. Yeah, right? yeah, collector. I can't remember. Well, that wasn't very good. I actually liked him in it. He, I, but I he's actually good liked in that it. movie. It was a yeah, he's good in yeah. it, but the movie itself wasn't all that great. I can't remember the name of the movie, though. All right, what's next? Because Cinema follows up. I uh, said yesterday I saw Retribution. Shocked to discover the director did Predators, the Adrian Brody one. Don't know how you felt, but I like that one. I legitimately like that movie. Predators? So yeah. we're talking about Shane Black? The one where they, they wake up. Uh, no, no, it's not the one with Shane Black. That's it's not one the one with Adrian Brody, Brody, is it? Where a oh. it is the he just oh. he just said in the question, oh, Adrian yeah, yeah. Brody, yes. So uh, Adrian Brody and a bunch of other people just wake up in the middle of a forest, 
And as it turns out, it's not on earth. <laughs> that the predators actually kidnap them and drop them. And basically this plant is like a game reserve. Oh my God. Like, yeah, you know where crazy. there's game reserves where people go to so they can shoot lions, which uh -huh. I'll never understand. But uh, it's like a game reserve and they have to try to figure a way to get off the planet and stuff. It's actually, it's not the best predator movie, but it's actually a pretty good movie. I like that one. All right, what's next? Okay, we got uh, Josh Carlos, 98. Just started, or just, yeah, just started Supernatural and I'm on season five, episode nice. three. Wow, for just starting, that's deep. Great series, love Sam and Dean. What are some of your favorite moments from those first five seasons between the two brothers? No spoilers, of course. P.S. Cass is the goat. I'm I'm terrible with seasons and and dates and things. I I couldn't I couldn't tell you. I, I honestly couldn't tell you uh, because I, I I mix up seasons and dates and all that kind of stuff. And I I don't really think of that level. All I know is that. Uh, I was, again, a little late to Supernatural. I mean, it was still on TV. I think it was in season five when I started watching it from the beginning. Um, and that's just, this just was always one of my favorite shows. Can you at least say when you it started really towards the end of the series or in the middle? Or where did you feel you had the most fun with this series? Like, if you broke it up in threes, was it towards more the end of the no? It was run? it was all the way through. Oh, it was because it was one of those shows where, to me, like there are better seasons than others right. in the show. There absolutely are, but the joy of the show for me wasn't the story. The joy of the show for me was just hanging out with these characters. Mm. I loved hanging out with Sam and Dean and Bobby and Castiel and Crowley. Crowley became one of my favorite characters on TV. Uh, I just loved hanging out with these people and just scenes where even if it was completely detached from the story of the episode or the story of the season, just the dialogue between the characters. I just loved hanging out with the boys every week. You know Did what I mean? Did they ever reference uh, Robert Redford? Why would you ask that? Because uh, the, the Natural, that's a spinoff of The Natural, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm really tired, man. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Yes, Ray. Supernatural is a spin. They're better than the natural. Dude, he, was natural. The, he was the best baseball player. The natural was good, but then you become supernatural. Yeah, he really is a good ball Beyond player. Beyond potential. I don't know. Come on. And is that it? That's it. What an appropriate spot. Yeah. Yeah. And today yeah, I ended it off right, baby. Of open mic. Thank you so much for being here, everybody, making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those comments and questions. Number one, because he gave us great fun things to talk about. Number two, he supported this channel as you did it. I want to thank, oh, so I guess, Ray Ora for being that was here. so good, man. <laughs> Jonathan Voikos here. My name's John Campia. And until next time, my friends. <laughs> Bye-bye. Supernatural. Supernatural. <laughs> Beyond.